0: So it's the 18th hole of the U.S. Open. That's a golf tournament. Uh, You are tied for first place, and you're the last golfer on the course. The one you're tied with is already in the clubhouse, waiting to just watching it on TV to see how how you end up. If you end up in first, you get $2.1 million. If you end up in second, you get $700,000. Quite a difference, right? So you've teed off. It's a par five and you're laying 235 yards out from the green, what do you do? You go for it so that if you land on the green, you can just take two easy putts, and you win by one. You get $2.1 million. Or do you play it smart and you lay up? Because you see there's big water in front of the green, and the green kind of slopes right down into the water. And this is your fourth day of the tournament, and the other three days you've <laughs> plooched it into the water. So what do you do? Your caddy says, play smart, right? Lay up, get it on. Maybe you can one putt to still win, or at least two putt so you can tie and you can go into a playoff. You can still win it that way. But what do you do? You come to tie, or do you come to win? Well, this is maybe what you do. So is that you? Are you Roy McAvoy from the 1996 movie Tin Cup? says, I'm just going to, is that how you live life? Huh? That, that I'm just going to go for it, right? I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I don't need to listen to my caddy. You live life like maybe like you have no GPS. I know where I'm going to go, and I'm, I know how I'm going to get there. Nobody has to direct me, or maybe that's not your lifestyle. But maybe you're part of the gallery. Maybe you're part of the people that applaud those, those Roy McAvoys out there. Say, wow, look at them, look at them. And, 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 you, and you really go on, well, you know, that's maybe a good ending to a movie. I'm not so sure it's the good ending or the way to approach life. That looks good. What you didn't see was the scene before it, where the first time you went over, got it over but it rolled into the water. Then he he hit it into the water again. Then he hit it into the water again. So by not listening to the voice of his caddy, it cost him millions of dollars. The only thing that was good about that was his last ball and he could come back next year. But that's sometimes how we live. Where we live like, oh, I'm going to do it on my own. And, And I think especially in our country, we we really fantasize or talk about being independent as a good thing, right? That, I mean, from little on we strive to do that. I can do it myself. And sometimes we never grow out of that. And yet contrary, contrary to maybe what is natural humanistic thought, that's not necessarily the way that God designs it. In fact, so much throughout the Bible, He talks about being dependent as a good thing. Dependent on our fellow believers to help guide us through life, but especially dependent on Him. And so, what's going to help us understand that thought and teach that thought to us once again today are those familiar, maybe familiar words to you from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or maybe you know a translation, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he restores or he refreshes my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness, or again, maybe another translation, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I I will fear no evil. Or even if I walk through any dark valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life know, we don't necessarily know the situation or the circumstances that David, the author of that psalm, was going through when he wrote it. Sometimes if you look in the psalms and the headings, it will say this was happening in David's life. Not so for Psalm 23. It just says the psalm of David. Uh, There's some some pretty good thoughts out there. Uh, earlier in the week, the the pastors got together for some we were studying this and we looked at some of the the possible theories of what was going on in in, in david's life and small groups is going to take a look at it this so that's a an encouragement to come on wednesday but some would say all oh, this was happening in second in samuel chapter 15 which was a, a horrible time in david's time in david's life his, his own son had just orchestrated a coup to try to get him to." to abdicate the throne, and so what does David have to do? He has to flee the throne, flee the, the palace, flee the city for his own life, and he escapes through the Kidron Valley, sometimes nicknamed the, it would be like Death Valley for us, uh, Valley of Death. Was that what was on his mind as he wrote those words? Psalm 23, verse 4. Or maybe some would say this was what happened before David became king. He had already been anointed king. He knew he was going to be king, but his predecessor wasn't too happy about it. And King Saul chased him around trying to kill him, and he had to flee all over the place, going up and hiding in mountains and hiding in valleys. And and there he was in the presence of his enemies. Another situation that people say maybe he was just out there tending the flocks. He was a shepherd before he was king. So maybe one day he's. Just wrote a song about it that the lord's my shepherd in the end it doesn't matter so much what was going on in the situation of david's life but he understood and really is the theme of psalm 23 that he couldn't do it himself he couldn't make it on his own he needed to depend on someone and that really becomes evident if you even just look at like what you would maybe call the first stanza of Psalm 23. When you look at the pronouns here, he, he leads me beside quiet waters, or he makes me lie down in green pastures. He refreshes my soul. He guides me. I mean, it's he, 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 he. This is, this is everything that, that God has to do for me. And, and really that last phrase there, you know, that, that, that's really what a shepherd does. He guides. He guides me along right paths. And what's interesting about that verb that he guides, it, it's really a, a word that means like he, it, it's leading us to unfamiliar places, places that we've never been. And that is what heaven is or even following God's will. By nature, I I don't know what God's will is, or I find myself going so often the opposite path. And maybe that's the question for us to wrestle with a little bit today is, you know, how many wrong paths have we taken? Just this week, how many times have I chosen my path instead of the right path because we're not familiar with the right path. And, and maybe we don't even catch ourselves or, or know that we're on the on the wrong path. But we, we maybe say some things like this, well I, I know that's what the Bible says, but this is what I'm going to do. Or I know that's what the Bible said back then, but this is how it what it means today. Or it doesn't apply. Today, or, or I know that's what the Bible says, but that's just your interpretation. This is my interpretation. You know, nothing gets under my skin more uh, than when, when, when people say, you're having a conversation, and they say, I know that's what the Bible says, but. Just ignoring. Ignoring the caddy's voice. Ignoring the shepherd's voice. And I said that gets under my skin until I, here I find myself looking in a mirror and seeing myself or hearing myself basically saying the same thing. Maybe not so brazen to say, well, I know this is what the Bible says, but but my actions certainly testify to it. I mean, really, when you think about it, doesn't any sin show itself as ignoring what, what God's voice is? Yeah, that's what, the, that's what God says. That's how we should live according to his will. God says that's the path, but I'm going to choose this way. And, and that shows up in, in so many ways, shapes, or forms, whether it's my thoughts, whether it's my words, whether it's my deeds. You know, I, you, know it, I, you just think of how many, how many times did I speak in anger this week? How many times did I fuel a rumor? How many times did I, I cast doubt? And, and there I am, going along the wrong paths. Understanding that, what do I need then? I need, I need that shepherd. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing to say, I need to depend On someone else to show me the right path it's not a bad thing to say i need to depend on the lord to show me to guide me to the right paths because the lord on whom we depend is in fact dependable not just to to dry our tears when we're going through sad times not just to shed light on, in, in, on the path in front of us so that we don't go down the dark paths, not, not just dependable to, to maybe protect us, give us security in the presence of our enemies. He's not just dependable to maybe pour blessings over our head so that our cups overflow. He's so dependable that he leads us not just through life, but to life. Jump ahead to the very last verse of, of Psalm 23. What does it say? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So every step, just kind of like that song we just sang, right? Born and cry, Every step through life, but ultimately to life, is where the Lord leads. And we say, well, okay, how do I know that? How do I know that the Lord is dependable enough to lead me to eternal life? How do I know that the Lord is is dependable enough to take me to heaven? Well, you go back to the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. That is not an insignificant name, the way that God describes himself here or the way that he calls himself Lord. Here's a little Bible reading 101 for us. Whenever you're reading your Bibles and you're reading your Old Testament especially, and you see Lord spelt like that with all capital letters? That is God's special name for himself. A, a name that he really reserves to say, I'm the God of, of love and I'm the God of faithfulness. Uh, it, it's really a, his personal name. Sometimes you maybe even have a translation that uses Yahweh or Jehovah, same thing. But it's a, it's a name that he defines himself this way and numerous times in the Psalms or in Exodus 34, for example, says, the Lord, the Lord, <laughs> And then he goes on and he says, The gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, showing forgiveness for, or forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. That's the Lord who's guiding you. And and, and so you go back to, you know, how many times have I said, yeah, I know that's what God says, but I'm going to do this. Instead of going down the right path, we've gone down the wrong path. That we have a Lord who says, I'm slow to anger. That we have a Lord who says, I'm abounding in love, and I'll forgive. I'll forgive for every time that we spoke that word in anger. I forgive for every time that we fueled that rumor. I forgive. For every time that we cast that doubt, the Lord, that loving, faithful, forgiving Lord, is the Shepherd. But how do I know He's my Shepherd? Hone in on the other pronoun here. There's so many pronouns in this that it goes back and forth in the Psalm. But the Lord is who Shepherd. The Lord is is my Shepherd. And the only way that each and every one of us can say that, the the only way that anyone could say that, is that somewhere along the line, God, first of all, had to say, you're my sheep. Before we can say he's my shepherd, he had to say we're his sheep. And I don't know if you caught that, but that's exactly what Jesus said in John 10. Psalm 23 is the Old Testament chapter of the shepherd, John 10 is the New Testament. And I don't know, did you catch that before where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Ever since the Lord attached himself to those waters of baptism that, that were poured over your head, he said, you are mine. You are my sheep. And so I will guide you. And I will guard you. I mean, that, that is really, uh, that, that personal pronoun of, of my sheep really uh, emphasizes that you are in a personal relationship with Jesus. He's not just the shepherd of the people of the Bible. He's not just David's shepherd, but he's your shepherd. Doesn't matter what age you are, I am Jesus' little lamb it is a song that every one of us can sing. It's a truth that we confess, all the days of our life. And that is the comfort that you and I have. That Jesus is so personal, personally invested in you, no matter who you are, no matter where you've walked, no matter how many wrong paths you feel you've taken in the past, or how many wrong paths not just that you feel, but I know you've taken in the past. Jesus says to you today, I'll guide. I'll lead you, I'll lead you, and I'll take you all the way to heaven. And that's the comfort, that's the invitation that he gives to us today. He says, now just simply listen. Listen to my voice. And as you hear my voice, don't hear me scolding. Don't be afraid and run away, but rather know that that's an inviting voice to say, come and follow as you hear my voice, don't don't let it you know make you shudder with guilt. But as you hear my voice, may it just soothe you and calm you with that message of forgiveness. The Lord is your shepherd. is the one who just wants to, you know, well, again, you look at all the, the various things that he says here in Psalm 23, with he wants to guide, he wants to lead. He wants to protect. He simply wants to be with you. The very middle of that psalm, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. That's Jesus' desire for every one of you. And ultimately, that's what heaven is. And that is the comfort and the confidence that you can have. And and that's why he, he wants us to have that comfort and confidence so that every one of us, can depend on him, to listen to his voice. Don't be like a Roy McAvoy who says, I'm going to do it on my own. Rather, listen to his voice so that you can lay your head on a pillow every night and simply pray, Jesus, tender, shepherd, hear me. Bless your little lamb tonight. Through the darkness, please be near me. Keep me safe till morning light. All this day your hand has led me and you've kept me with your care. You have warmed me, clothed me, fed me. Listen to my evening prayer. Let my sins be all forgiven. Bless all those I love so well. Take us all at last to heaven. Happy there with you to dwell. Amen. In response to our Psalm 23 over